In this week's episode of In the Paint, we react to the news of Paul George getting a massive four-year, $190 million extension. We give our thoughts and opinions around that. We move into talking about James Harden's situation with Houston, what it looks like for him, uh, how he looks, how it looks for the organization, and the reaction on what it kind of does and how Steven Silas probably feels about this. We talk about Giannis and how he hasn't accepted and signed an extension yet, what that means. Is it a big deal? Is it not? And then we talk about some comments that LeBron James made on his podcast about um, him having the two hardest championships ever and that he's won them. We talk about uh, the NBA schedule upcoming. Uh, We talk about opening night, Christmas Day slate, and just all the dates and schedules surrounding the 2020-2021 weird NBA pandemic season that will, will be coming up. And then we take a break and move into... Four pretty bad NBA teams, what their best case scenario is, worst case scenario, and then where we actually think they're going to end up. And then we round off the episode with college basketball talk and then the Big Ten college football talk as well. So buckle up and thanks for listening to another episode of In the Paint. Lately you've been searching for the only one who knows what you're fighting for. I got what you want, I got what you need, I got what you need. All right, welcome back to another episode of In the Paint. I am joined as I am every time we record with my buddy, my hoopin' pal, my co-host, Joe. Joe, what's going on, man? Oh, not a whole lot. How you been? Good, man. Just uh, just watching some some college basketball and waiting for the NBA to start up. We're what two like less than two weeks away. I know we got league dates to go over today. We got uh, all sorts of things. So I'm uh, I'm stoked and I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Well, um, we'll we'll quickly recap the last episode. So last episode, we talked a lot about just free agency and everything that was going on with that. Um, We spent so much time on that that we didn't even really cover anything else, to be honest, in terms of league dates and all the things that, you know, we probably could have covered, but we just didn't. Um, And so we did just a big... um, just a big free agency episode with trades and, and, you know, where people were signing extensions and big contracts were offered. And, and essentially we focused a lot on that. Um, and then we talked a little bit about college basketball and then how, you know, the big 10 football debacle, um, which kind of has changed, but it really hasn't. It's kind of still the same thing. Um, still a debacle. Um, but you know, I guess we could say that our hometown team has benefited from that debacle a little bit. But um, it also been hurt. But and uh, that's what we did then. And uh, we are gonna kind of do a little bit of the same. This episode we'll do player news, talk about what the league schedule is gonna look like, and then we'll you know we'll break down some teams and uh, talk college basketball and college football again. Um, so let's start the let's lead the episode off with um, something that just happened today, um, which I guess I'm shocked, but at the same time, like I don't know if they really had any other option based on what we're about to talk about. But um, news came out today that Paul George just got a contract extension for four years, $190 bucks. Yeah. Um, you know what? Good good for the Clippers I, to lock him up. I mean, they we forget they traded away a lot uh, to get him with draft picks and everything. And they took a, basically a home run swing. The idea was that they were going to win the championship this past year. That obviously didn't happen, but for some reason, people thought that with Kawhi and Paul George, that was better than LeBron and Anthony Davis and everybody else. So, uh, so they were, you know, the favorites in 2020, and then missing. Um, you know, it's good. There's a little hesitation there, where you know maybe he doesn't resign, 
but you got to figure he's in his hometown. He's where he wants to be. And, uh, and the Clippers, I, I feel like they had to do this. So I, I think it's a win-win for both of them. Yeah, I, I think I, I, you know, I laughed about it when I first read it. Cause like the last image we have of Paul George is hitting the side of the backboard on a three point shot, um, in a game seven where they got completely, you know, oh, just yeah. embarrassed. It wasn't just him though. I mean, it was Kawhi Leonard. That team, that team was ready to go home. Like if 100%. you ask, they're ready to give up. And I'm not saying that if they play their hardest, they beat the Nuggets and they beat the Lakers. That's not at all what I'm saying. You know, there's obviously some locker room issues that were there that didn't get solved. They didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be in Orlando, and it was pretty obvious. I, I felt like so. Um, you know, I I've always been a fan of Paul George. I know he during the playoffs, you know, has a shrink, kind of shrinks in big moments, and I get that um, that side of it, but. Uh, but he is a good player, and I don't. This contract to me is not outlandish. Maybe it, the only reason it's outlandish is because he's what thirty now, thirty one. Yeah, I read that his his final year, his he'll be thirty five, getting forty seven point eight million from the Clippers. See that that's outlandish, right? That part's and, outlandish. And I and I'm not blaming really either side for that, right? Like I get both sides. Uh, Paul George definitely like he's if he gets offered that much money he's going to take it especially because yeah. he's had a horrific injury at one point and again like you lock up that security you can't blame him for that um, I think it just does all does come down to the number of years and the dollar amount was was just you're looking at the end the back end of that contract which is kind of like what baseball does same kind of idea they like front load the contract lower and then they back load it because they don't expect you to be there at that you know in that tenth year right. or whatever it is. Now I do expect they believe Paul George to be there in that that like third and fourth year, but there's a chance where like if a team really wants to trade for a superstar that like they think can help bring people to the seats and whatever, the Clippers can say, "Oh, well, thank God, like we're off that 47.8 million dollars in your last year," and they can maybe try to move him. I doubt they will, but I think it was just the number of years and dollar amount that got me, but I don't blame either side. Like they kind of that was kind of the next move essentially. No, you, I I think so too. So um so James Harden, you know, he's going through this uh, COVID protocol. He needs to have six negative tests before he can be in their facilities and play. And Matt, does James Harden, has he played his last game as a Rocket? So I'm going to back up for a second here because I don't know if you've read any of the stuff that's come out about him the past, like, two days or three days, even a week. But um, yeah. he looks horrific. Um, there's, there's player empowerment, and then there's just being an absolute asshat. Um, and he has fallen under the, he started like he wanted to be this player empowerment, like movement, which by the way, has already been started and it was done brilliantly by other people. Um, LeBron, AD, some of these guys most noted, I mean, AD went about it in a, a way that like people would say probably wasn't great, but, but ultimately he didn't necessarily do anything that was like disrespectful or made himself look absolutely horrible. Right. Whereas, whereas James Harden has decided that he wasn't going to show up to to his to his um, voluntary workout, which it is. It is voluntary, but everybody else showed up, okay? So he decides not to show up, and then he decides that he's going to go on a nightclub like Gallivant around the you know around Houston, and then he's gonna. Which by the way, we're in a pandemic, so like great. You also play for an organization where like you need to not be testing positive for COVID, so great. Um, and then also he's like. Going, and then he's like celebrating people's birthdays and he's like giving out hundred dollars, you know, hundred thousand dollars and he's rocking these chains like and you do whatever you want with your money. That's fine. But all of this is on the back of you decided not to show up to a workout because you wanted to show player empowerment and you just look like an asshole. 
So there's one way of doing it, and then there's that. So I wasn't a huge fan of that. Then he did show up the next day, or, you know, that Monday. So I guess kudos to him for showing up finally. Um, but I'm going to speak more on, like, he has a guy that's a first-time coach that now has to deal with all this bullshit. Yeah, not only did they have a first-time coach, they brought in an assistant coach just for him, basically, and John Correct. Lucas. So, like, they were where, – where was the disconnect? I mean, I guess they finished the season. You, James, you didn't get it done. The Rockets have come so close a couple times. Um, their window was closed. Um, Maury moved on, but I just don't see – I mean – wouldn't you just stay and still fight? I mean, you're an icon there, I guess. I don't know. I just and and if you did one out because you thought you know the grass is greener on the other side and that you know you could go join Maury again in Philadelphia or you know go join uh, Duran and Kyrie, if you did that, wouldn't you want to at least make it easier on the Rockets? So yeah, oh yeah, everything you said correct. The problem is. We're finding out just with some of his actions recently, but we're also kind of knowing that, like, James Harden's a very me, me, me kind of person, right? Like, it's all about him. And he claimed that he wanted out of Houston because of, like, the system and he didn't think it was going to be a good fit anymore and whatever. Bruh, you're the whole reason the team is the way it is. There is no other reason that the team is constructed and how it's been built. It was all because of you. And you have had failures in big games that have led to you not getting to where you want to get to. So a lot of this falls on your back. So if you're going to blame the Houston Rockets for not being able to to pay certain players and constructing a roster that like you don't think you can win with now, I don't know who else to point the finger at than you. So if you just want to get out because you want grass is greener, that's fine. But you are not doing yourself any favors the way that you are going about this because this is not player empowerment. This is you just being a dick. And that doesn't work in locker rooms sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it... Everybody brings this and thing it, on Daryl Morey. Like, Daryl Morey was the one that constructed this. He might have, but he know, you know James Harden was like, nah, this is what I want. And Daryl Morey loved James Harden and said that he was the hero for his career, so he was going to do whatever he wanted. Yeah, and, I mean, Harden has the ball in his hands. I mean, his usage rate, usage rate is out of this world. And I also figure that if he goes somewhere else, if he goes to uh, Brooklyn, is that going to be the case? I don't know. Oh, yeah, like, no. How, how, how's he going to fit in those things so i don't know you know i don't know what's going to happen i really don't have a guess i mean would you say he's played his last game as a rocket i mean it just doesn't seem like there's any going back at this point right i mean is he is he just going to sit so until he's traded? so as of as of yesterday i would have said that no he has not played his last game as a rocket because i didn't think there was a deal out there that was going to get done it like there was nothing pressing that was forcing a deal to get done but as of yesterday, and maybe even today, I think it was yesterday, it came out that he has expanded his list of teams he wants to get traded to to Milwaukee and the Heat. Now, yeah. Milwaukee's impossible. Milwaukee will not happen because they have no. nothing to give now. They gave it all away. Right. But Miami is interesting because they do have the assets. Now, it's not as good as Philly. We know that. Like, it's, it's just not. Philly has the prime assets that if they want to do it, they can. But Miami could offer. if they, I don't think they're going to offer Bam, but if they wanted to, they could. But they won't. But no. you could offer Tyler Hero, Andre Iguodala to make the salaries match. You have two future picks you could give, and then you could also throw in Kendrick Nunn. Now, does Houston want to do that and try to rebuild? Maybe. I don't know. But Miami Miami and Philly are there. Where the, they're the only two teams that make this work because in the report that Shams let out today, or it was even yesterday, 
the Nets are, are or sorry, the Houston Rockets are refusing to do a deal with the Nets unless it includes Kevin Durant or Kyrie, which if I'm the Nets, I have no problem getting rid of Kyrie, and that's just me being like a dick about Kyrie, but they're not going to do that. I mean, no, they're not going to do that, but, you know, I mean, well, good for Houston wanting to get something back no, on that. 100%. <laughs> but I don't so, think... So let me throw think, it back to you, Do you think Miami though. is actually going to do this? Would, no. Do you think Miami would do this? I don't think no, they would. But, but what I think it does, and to bring this all back, what I think it does is it pushes Daryl Morey to now make a deal. Yeah. I think this all now because even if Miami Miami's going to make a meeting, there's no doubt. Miami will will have a meeting with with him and say, "Hey, maybe it's hey, we just can't do this." But they're going to try to scare. They're going to try to push the market value up. They're going to try to scare Philadelphia or whomever or Brooklyn. So yeah. they're going to do it, and then Daryl Moore is going to get on the phone, and he's going to call. He may even call. Uh, oh, he'll probably call. I forget the guy um, that's doing the the GM work there now. I'm drawing a blank, but um, they're going to call him. And they're going to be like, hey, we've, we know you want Ben Simmons. We've got him. He's free if you can get us James Harden in return. And even if it's just a one-for-one one, or maybe it's a one-and-a-draft pick for James, I don't know. But I do think it forces Daryl Morey's hand a little bit. But if you like, if you gun to my head, I still believe that they're going to try to do this thing with James Harden until the trade deadline. So do you think he plays? Oh, yeah, I do. Absolutely. Do you? Because of all the stuff that's coming out now, like this negative PR, if he decides to then sit out, this this will be he may not he may not ever play a game on a team again, with all the crap that's going on. I mean, I'm, that's probably a little exaggerating, but like, yeah, I think so. There could be a time where, like, I would say he might not play on a contender again, though. That might be it possible. Hurts. Yeah, um, it it would certainly hurt his trade value too if he wanted to get somewhere. So in his um, public perception. But what so. do you think? I mean, does has is he done with the Rockets at least? I think I think he Houston basically holds all the cards. Hundred percent. Though, though I do believe that the longer they hold on to them, the the less um, the less that is true. The less that they can get out of a trade. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think <clears throat> I think he uh, I think he ends up in Philadelphia, man. I just I see it. So. Let me um let me give you a scenario with the Nets because I don't think it's possible. I really don't. Uh, they've said that unless you you know you include one of the two, the big two, it doesn't matter. But let me in a, in a crazy world, let's say they're willing to give up Kyrie. If the I'm Nets, I'm cool with come, that. If I'm the Nets, to be honest, with I agree. You. I agree. But if I'm and this is why my where my question goes. If I'm the Nets, and Houston says we'll take Kyrie for James one for one, or We'll do James for Lavert, Dinwiddie, Allen, Lumet, and you know, and picks. Yeah. If I'm the if I'm the Nets, I still think I'm giving away Kyrie because if I can do James Harden, Kevin Durant, and a bunch of young talent, I still think I want that. Yeah, and if I'm Houston, I, do you want Kyrie when he's going to bolt? I mean, he's going to sulk there, right? And Houston, like since he doesn't have his way necessarily, um, you know, this could be that, another scenario. This could be another scenario where he, they get he, get him in Houston, and then they try to move him too. Yeah, somewhere else, I like think, he's in Phoenix or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah, but. absolutely. Because I don't. 
yeah, I don't I don't see him doing well in Houston. I don't I see him sulking if he got traded. You know what I mean? I see him, I see him sulking everywhere, man. Like this dude, something has happened and I don't know, maybe it was like he just really felt like betrayed or or felt like LeBron was mean or whatever, but he got his feelings hurt at some point and now he's just always sulking. <laughs> like he went on that he went on that rant, not a rampage, but he put out that memo that was like I'm not talking to the media this year because of COVID. What? Yeah. Uh, what? I don't yeah, know. That's but, why these guys so, give me falls. So, but but uh, hey, if I'm the Nets, I would make that trade trade. You want to trade me Kyrie for James Harden? Okay. Like, yeah. Harden and Durant or, or yes. Durant and Kyrie. I'm taking Harden and Durant. Sorry. I completely agree. Um, quiet news or no news, really. Um, Giannis. No, not a huge surprise here. Um, there was, I think Milwaukee was hoping that he would sign before the season started. Probably not going to happen. What do you think? Yeah, he said there's no rush. Like, he's not going to make any rush on it. He's not going to make any decisions on it. And you're right. If you're Milwaukee, you would have hoped you've done it. But I think now that you've got Drew, you're kind of banking on him being like, all right, you're at least trying. Now, there was a report that came out like a couple weeks ago that said that he was the one that really wanted Bogdanovich. Whether that was actually ever, tr- you know, like actually ever going to happen is up for conspiracy. That's fine. But I don't think that he, any, him waiting is any like panic mode. I think it's just, it's just the par for the course. No, because, it, I mean, it makes sense for him to wait, be able to explore all his options. And, you know, I hope and I think that he still stays with Milwaukee. I'd like to see Milwaukee get to the NBA Finals. I mean, I think if they don't get to the NBA Finals, if they get to the NBA Finals, he's staying, right? Like, if they get there, not necessarily winning the chip, but if they get to the NBA Finals, if they win the East, Giannis is staying, right? Like, money is I, on him staying at that point. I would – I I might – and. I was one of the people that, like, if you would ask me this a year ago, I would have said yes. I think that I think that because of the move they made, regardless, I think he's staying. Um, but yes, I think it's a foregone conclusion that if they make the finals, hell, it might even be foregone if they if they make the Eastern Conference Finals that he's staying. That's what, yeah. That was going to be my next question: is if they yeah. get to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, they're they're still a top four team, and depending on how that series goes, what if they're you know an injury or six yeah. or you know, and it's a game six or game seven, you know, I mean. You, you give it a shot. So, but I'd I'd like to see Anna stay. I don't know. I agree. So. No, I'm with you. I I I'm I'm in the camp now that like it, no matter what, I think he stays because they tried. But yes, if he if he definitely makes it to the, one of the finals, I think he's there too. Yeah. Well, Matt, we had some uh, ESPN's <laughs> NBA yearly NBA rankings come out. Now, I'm going to let you go on your little rant here, but I just want to explain. These rankings are supposed to be predictive of who is going to have the best season coming up. So it's not necessarily a recap, right? It's who they believe going into the season are the best players. So talk about first, I guess, the top five, top ten, and then talk about just some really asinine, ridiculous things that uh, they have done in these rankings. So I guess I'll, let me ask you. I'll start off with a question for you. Um, why do we? Why are like ranking systems always just so weird? Like why are we? Ra- why are we ranking based off of a prediction that we think might happen? Why wouldn't we have just? I know like we have to include players that were injured. Fine, right. but like why aren't we just going like okay, th- this season twenty twenty one as of right now, who are the best players in the NBA? Not like what they're gonna do. Who do we think top ten are? Because I think if we ask that question, then these rankings are even worse. And yeah, I mean, it is. 
Like, so my, I, my I almost wonder I, if they, I almost wonder if they did the, like the projection thing so they could like justify what these rankings were. But anyway, go on. Like when I'm doing like personal rankings or anything like that, and we're talking about it, I always think who right now, right this second, I'm going to win the title next year. Who, who would I rather have? And that's basically my justification. Yeah. Like and when so, I go and it's I think that's simple. a very that's a very normal justification. I just feel like ESPN like wanted to like be different. And when you read this list, you're like, it's hard to it's hard to actually like comprehend it because our brains always just go, oh well, this person's definitely not top ten or like top twenty right now. But then you go, oh wait, they're projecting for this year. And it's like I don't want to do that. I just want to be no. able to look at right now. But right. so that's my first question. So I, we're on the same page there. But. Looking at this list, let's first look at top five. Um, so top five is LeBron, number one, 82, Giannis, three, Luka, four, and then Kawhi, five. Um, so um, I don't really think I have – well, sorry, I have a couple issues, but they're more like about guys that are outside of the top five, and I think that they should maybe be moved up. But I, 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 I'm going to put a caveat on this. I, I understand where they're going with Luka. I get it. It's hard. It's hard to argue with this five. Yeah, it is. So the the one guy you would look at would be Luca. I mean, yeah. right? And then you probably might want to switch AD and Giannis. I mean, yeah, I mean, awards yeah. wise and MVP wise, yeah, you could say, oh well, what the heck? But again, we're sure. looking at we're looking at the projection, and if if they end up with another title, you're like, okay, it's hard to now justify putting Giannis over AD, regardless of the stats. Sure. Which, by sure. the way, the stats were very close in general, anyway. Absolutely. So like we're split, and with the top five, we're splitting hairs. I, sorry, yeah. I'm gonna say that I don't believe Luka Doncic should be in the top five. I'm not saying that he's not a. Again, I, it's so hard because. By the end of the year, he very well could be the MVP, which actually smart money tells me that like I think he is going to be the MVP this year. But like again, I just keep going to like right now, I have three people outside of the top five that I think deserve the fourth or fifth spot. That you and, would rather have starting this season. That you would rather have starting this season than Luca. See, I'm, see I'm not going by that. I'm not going with that okay. logic. I'm going by just top five players in the NBA right now, regardless of who I'd rather have, just my top five. Now, okay. if I go with that logic, maybe I'm keeping him there, but I also have a couple more that like I might still put in there. But sure. um, yes, I think with your logic, Luca probably deserves that top five spot. But like when I'm going just like off the cuff, top five players, he probably hits like seven or eight, like six or seven. But, but it, I'm not I mean, mad that's about hard it. because I mean, yeah. it's hard and I'll give you two names three names really that's makes it that really hard when you see Luca up at four you're just like wait a minute and some of it's recency bias because two of these names we haven't seen in over a year Durant and Steph Curry 100% those are my two those were it yeah yeah and I I probably went a little far I had Dame ahead of Luca but like again that's like you could flip a coin and like what I honestly don't care could, like yeah. I could argue both sides like I could argue either one so but you the two you took were right out of my mouth were, were Kevin Durant and Steph Curry but again I know what this ranking is so I'm not mad at it but like if I go top five I find it really hard that Steph Curry's not in there or that Kevin Durant's not in there and you know I'm a massive Steph Curry fan so it's biased but I find it really hard that he's not in there. I mean, it is it is hard. And like, if we're looking at their stats they threw out, he has the second highest RPM number behind LeBron. Yeah. So you can make an argument that he's number two or three in this this ranking, but I get it. Um, I think my biggest problem is outside of the top five with James Harden. And we talked about this. Yeah. But how? Number are, nine. How? Is, how? Just number how? 
Number nine? I mean, at the least, I, I texted you this earlier. Six would be yeah. the lowest. As I far, like. yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, again, recency bias, but, like, I'm, I'm sorry, but Kawhi Leonard may not be top five with recency bias here with what I just saw. No, yeah, he phased out right in the playoffs. I mean, you know, hard – I mean, obviously the Rockets didn't challenge the Lakers either, but, like, you know – um he was playing by himself pretty much then. Yeah. Harden, Harden was. So he was, yeah. Um and and is the Jokic number at ten just like seem weird? Love it. Love it. I know, I know you it do. seems weird, but I just love it. <laughs> but doesn't it, it seem weird it. though? I'm like sorry. we could admit that. That's yeah. a little weird. Right. Because you're just like, yeah, well, you know, Jason Tatum's sitting right out there. What was he at? Um, let me pull that up. I think he was like eleven, maybe. Was he eleven? Yeah. Yeah. He was. So he that's was a 11. coin flip, but you know me, I love Jokic, so like I was, I was happy to see him crack, crack the top ten. So, and I'm gonna throw another name out that, but Joel Embiid. Ooh. I I always say this, like I know, I know you, you, there's Ooh. gonna be pushback. I always say he dropped from eight to fourteen. Did that? Did we like justify that big of a drop? Mm, I don't know. I have to think about who was ahead of him in that. I mean, so I mean, we have so who they, who would who would okay. Of the 13 players ahead of him, who's ahead of him? Uh, so right now, uh, sorry, right now ahead of him is Bam, Jimmy, and Jason. Okay, and in and then, your and opinion, then, in your yeah. opinion, are all those people, should those people be lower than Embiid? Does it, um, is Embiid better than Tatum, Butler, Bam? Man, see, again, I, I just go like, like oh, man, if, if Joel Embiid just plays to his potential, he's probably top 10, but he doesn't. That's it. That's it right but, there. You just said it perfectly. Like, yes, absolutely. I mean, but, but then I look at, and this, this is going to be really sad to say, but I look at the Jimmy Butler numbers and I'm just like, man, Jimmy Butler at 12. That just seems weird to me too. I mean, yeah, because he's not Ben Simmons a, is behind him. Devin Booker's behind him. Donovan Mitchell's behind him. Like, I don't know. I just, I love, trust me. I bias. love I mean, Jimmy what Butler. Did, it's recency, what, right? Yeah. What did we see last? Jimmy Butler, you know, going to, well, Air quotes here, going toe to toe with LeBron. Correct. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, he did have <laughs> one I mean, game. He, one game. Yeah. Take nothing away from love Jimmy Butler, like you said, in you know getting forty points in the finals, not an easy task. Hundred percent. Um, so, but there is some recency bias there because you know there's, I mean, he's a top twenty player, right? Oh, I agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, all right, let's. So we've talked about kind of the top five. We talked about you know even top twenty. Do you have others? Do you have others? I was going to say the real okay. issue comes after the top 20, 25 Way after players. that. Yep. Yeah. Just so talk about it. You and I both have the same. Stuff. You guys both have the same number. You know answers, but talk about it for a little bit. Okay. Uh, one of the ones that stuck up to me, well, two right now, and I texted them both to you. Uh, Demar Derozan at eighty-two. Uh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I mean, I. You know, I know, I know he's up there. I know he plays for the Spurs now, and he dropped know, thirty-six spots, which is insane. And John is Wall's insane. ahead of him, who hasn't played in two years. Josh Richardson, Dennis Schroeder. Like, I'm sorry, I just I don't understand. No yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a top fifty player, right? I mean, just off the top of my head, he's around that range. I would think that he's Duncan Rosen. Robinson. What are we doing? <laughs> I'm just now seeing some of these names because I saw the number at 82 and instantly just said, fuck yes. that, that's wrong. No. Like, I didn't yeah, even look at absolutely. any of the other names. PJ right. Tucker? What are PJ, we doing? 
You'd rather have T.J. Tucker than DeMar DeRozan. D'Angelo Russell? And I love the guy, but, like, are we kidding ourselves here? I know. It's absolutely nuts. Okay. Um, so, sorry. We're definitely in agreement there. Yeah. And, Reed, and then, do, you have, do you have some of um, DeMar DeRozan's stats pulled up here? Uh, I did earlier today. But okay. he was a, he's 20. Uh, off the top of my head, he's over 20, probably about 5 and 5, right? So his three, yeah, three-year average, 22, almost 6 and 5. And yeah. then last year, 22, almost six and five and a half. Yeah. That's He's a good 80, player. Dude. That's the 82nd best player in the in the <laughs> league, according to ESPN. Are you that's freaking like, kidding me? That's probably very similar, I'm just saying, to Jimmy Butler numbers. Yes. Right? Yep. Very no, similar. you're right. And I don't have the numbers, but you're right. <laughs> I don't know. I I think that they like Crazy. they saw what happened in Toronto and he got benched and then they saw that he struggled in uh, San Antonio and they're blaming that on him. And yeah, he he can't shoot the three as well. And yeah, he's he's a mid range guy, and that's dead. But he's a he's just a bucket from mid range, and he gets buckets. Yeah. And he's twenty five six and five, or sorry, twenty two six and five. What are we talking on, about? On what on what percentage? So here's Jimmy Butler. I just pulled it up for last year. Uh, just under twenty points, nineteen point nine, forty five percent shooting, uh, six point seven rebounds, six assists. So DeRozan scores more. Yep. I'm looking up. I'm looking up DeRozan's percentages right now, just so yeah. I can, you know, see this here. Um, so we can go career, but like um, his two seasons in San Antonio, his his uh, efficient field goal percentage was 51. Okay, his, that's better than Butler's. So already better than Butler. His two seasons were 20, basically 22 points a game. Yeah, better than Butler's. Yeah. Um, let's see, assists almost six. And rebounds almost six. So 22, six, and six with a 51% field goal percentage efficiently. So he's a more efficient scorer than Jimmy Butler. Yep. And he's a slightly, extremely slightly lower on assists and rebounds. So, I mean, so, there, not, so, the, not, so the Jimmy Butler, the Jimmy Butler argument is always just like, oh, he's so tough and he's a great leader and he's a great teammate. And it's which like, he is all those great things. I, oh, I, I and mean, I'm not denying that, but it's like, I would absolutely take Butler over DeRozan. I'm not saying that Butler is better but than DeRozan. But a 70 player gap? <laughs> <laughs> 70 players. It's unreal. Unreal. Absolutely ridiculous. So, okay. And then, uh, and then your other one. Oh, I'll let you talk about this one. Levine. So, so <laughs> no, you're fine. No, no, go yeah. for it. So Zach Levine here, he's at 56. And last year he was at 55. So it's not like that he dropped a whole lot or he gained a whole lot. He also averaged almost 26 points per game last year, which, by the way, is the highest scoring average since Michael Jordan. It was a bull. Highest bull scoring average since Michael Jordan. Um, and I'm just going to throw out some names that are ahead of this man. Most notably, Lonzo Ball. What? Um, Yusuf Nurkic. I forgot about that one. Lonzo Ball over... Yusuf Nurkic. Just to throw out a couple others. Also, can we back up a second? Josh Richardson was ahead of DeMar DeRozan. I'm sorry. I have so many problems with that. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, Okay, so I said a couple. I said Lonzo, Yusuf Nurkic. Um, let's go with another one here. Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, let's go. Gordon Hayward? What are we doing? (laughs) Draymond Green? I just, I don't understand. I don't know. Terrible. I know everybody's going to say that, like, he's a bucket and it's empty stats and whatever. But this list is just 
NBA players and what their ranks are. And you can't convince me that Lonzo Ball is better than than Zach Levine. You can't. Or that, or that you can name 81 <laughs> players better than DeMar DeRozan. Right, or you just can't. 83 players better than John Collins, who is 84th. Yes, John Collins. Yeah, are you kidding? Again, what? some of the same names that are ahead of that are ahead of Demar are also still ahead of John Collins. Josh Richardson. <laughs> like you said, what are we doing? Golly. This also, Fred Van Vliet at forty seems low. Like seems like he it should does. be higher. It does. Yeah. And is Marcus Smart at thirty six? Just or sorry, at thirty seven, too high. I mean, well, I'll, I'll give you this: Is he better than Van Vliet? No, give me Van Vliet. Also, Russell Westbrook's still at 36, so, like, that's wrong. Yeah. But people would have a freak out if he was below anything other than, like, 50, so. Yes, they would. I don't know. I I think that, like, they give a little too much credit to some of these rookies that had really good rookie years, which is fine. Yeah. Um, But, like, sophomore slumps are real, and so I think we need to, like, kind of chill on those for a second. Um, Also, Brandon Ingram being in the top 30 of anything just, like, pisses me off. I don't know why, but it just does. He did score 27 points a game. Yeah, you're right. I guess that's fair. Um, Um, Anyway, yeah, those are the gripes I have just initially. Big one, too. Um, And it's not a gripe, just very curious. Zion Williamson in 19. Top 20 player right now. See, there we go again. Top 20 player right now, I don't know. But top 20 player by the end of next year and he's in a good system, maybe, right? So, like, if we're looking at ESPN's list, I get it. But if you were just like, hey, is is Zion a top 20 player right now? I'd be like, nah, probably not. He's close, but probably not. He is close, yeah. You know, again, we're like nickel and diming some of these, but some of these are just egregiously wrong. Um, yeah. Also, Jamal it, Murray at 21 is a lot of recency bias, right? Yes, but he was so good. In those Bradley like, Beal, Bradley Beal behind him seems wrong, though. Oh, 100% wrong. Absolutely. That's why I'm like Bradley Beal just gets continues to get hosed and, and screwed. But Jamal Murray, I is mean, Bradley Beal better than is Bradley Beal better than Donovan Mitchell. Ooh. Okay, so that would be like, so Donovan Mitchell's at 18. So that's kind of where you're like, all right, I don't know if it gets any better than that. Yeah. Devin because, and, the, and, the, and the only reason why is because Bradley Beal hasn't won. I mean, that's fair. Donovan Mitchell has. So, like, if he. So you would have I, no I problem. I want to see him on a good team. So you'd have no problem him moving ahead of Jamal Murray, Paul George, and Zion. No, I think I would take Bradley Beal over those guys. Would you? No, no, I am. No, I'm saying, like, yeah. I would. I would also take him over Donovan Mitchell and maybe I think Devin I probably Booker. Would too. So like yeah. I think I love Booker. He's a bucket, but like again, man, Bradley Beal is just so damn solid at at, at everything. Um, yeah. But yeah. So anyway, that's I, I just saw that number at twenty two, and I was like, that seems wrong as well. It um, seemed low. Yeah. So okay, those are our, those are us being just pissy for for no reason. To be honest, it is really an arbitrary. It's list it's fun to list. talk about, yeah. yeah. And it's, but it it's literally ridiculous. doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything but, <laughs> because the two at the top. Because things. the two at the top, LeBron and AD, will be at the top for the foreseeable future, and that's <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> so, right. Speaking of LeBron, um, he was on a podcast road tripping um, with Channing Fry. Richard Jefferson and Allie Clifton, they've had that for a while now. They had it in Cleveland, and uh, they got LeBron on um, after the championship and after the bubble. He was on recently, and he said a couple great things. He had a, It was actually a really great podcast if people haven't listened to it. But um, he said one thing that has kind of gotten some headlines, and we'll, we'll chat about it briefly. I honestly don't think it's like that big of a deal, but people are freaking out. So 
He stated that uh, he's won the two hardest championships of all time, one of them being the 2016 NBA Finals, and then the other one being the bubble that he just, the bubble championship he just won. So, Joseph, react. I don't think he's super far off base, to be honest. I mean, that 2016 title against a 73-win team, a team that won more games than peak Chicago Bulls, um, coming back from 3-1 to uh, like they did, winning it on Golden State's home floor. And you can talk about the Draymond Green suspension for one game, um, which he should have been suspended. Don't take a swipe at someone's nuts like that. And you can talk about some of the things that went their way. Um, but, like, man, that's that's the one, right? I mean, that's the best one ever. And and that's the one that he said on, an like, an earlier podcast, like back in maybe even, like, 2018, that he said that was the one that made me the greatest of all time right there. Yeah, and, and it's hard and, to argue. I mean – and I, I thought it was already the that. greatest of all time. So, like, yeah. that one didn't solidify anything. Well, sorry. That one was, for me, was like, no way you can take the, like, I don't care what the debate is. I, 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 dis, I disallow anything else to come into play when I saw 2016 happen. I already thought he was the GOAT, but it's like not miss me with anything else you have when he won 2016. And don't forget, the year before that, he took that war, same Warriors team to six games, right, the year before. When uh, Kyrie got hurt, Kevin Love uh, didn't even play in the finals. Kyrie got hurt in game one or game two. And his other guard was Matthew Dellavedova. And he took that team to sixth game. I mean, come on, man. Like, you can't tell me that they wouldn't have gone. They, they wouldn't have won that one with a healthy Kyrie. Like, I feel like they would have. And, and, and him winning that championship set up the Warriors. It did. Like, it just, I mean, that's when, like, they basically got on the phone and said, hey, like we're not beating this guy. Like we've yes. got to find, yeah, we've got to, we got to go out and get, you know, Kevin Durant. So, so I completely agree on the 2016 one. I think the bubble one is where I have a little bit of like trepidation of saying that it was the hardest championship because here's why for LeBron, like, let's just talk LeBron in a vacuum. Okay. He got four, he got four months off from regulars end of the restart to, to when they started again. So he gets a four month break for a 35 slash 36 year old guy that like- Definitely really benefited him. Definitely benefited him. Then he doesn't have to travel. He only focuses on basketball and he gets all these young guys to do the same, well, young and old guys, like the young guys that really needed to lock in, locked in. And the old guys, like again, didn't have anything else to do and they just love to hoop. So you get them in this perfect environment, which is the same reason why the Miami Heat were really good, by the way. So you get them in this bubble and you put them in this environment that was like super set up and super perfect for veteran teams or teams that really like to work hard. Yeah. I am not going to discount that he is a family man and he was away from his family for 96 or 96 days, 95 nights, which he makes sure to always talk about. Um, so I know that was hard on him personally. And I'm not saying that like that wasn't. But if we want to just talk strictly championships and basketball, I don't know if just because it was in a bubble that it means it was that much harder. It was different and it was definitely odd, but like, and weird if you want to call it, but like hard, I don't know if necessarily is the word I would use. From a basketball standpoint, probably not any harder than any other championship, right? right. I mean, really. When no it, fans when it is like, you know, maybe making make it easier. So it's like, right. okay. So from a basketball standpoint, you know, He's wrong. You know, from a personal standpoint and from what 
uh, a mental, I guess, standpoint, what those players had to go through. You know, there is an argument about that, like personally. And maybe for him, personally, it was really, really difficult to do. You know, for some guys like a Jimmy Butler, it probably, <laughs> probably wasn't that hard. So, you know, so I get where he's coming from from that. But you're right. That's not, you know, the if you're ranking the hardest championships, it's probably not up there from that pure basketball, um, what you are facing kind of way. So our, one thing that we both kind of said, though, was that you want to talk about someone who got um, a really, really difficult route. Uh, so uh, so before you before you bring that up, I think what you just said is interesting. Use the word route, like path, right? Yeah. Every time anybody, like when I was hearing talk shows talk about this LeBron quote, all they brought up was like just the champ, like just the finals matchups, right? Like, oh, sure. he had a really tough finals matchup against Golden State or whatever. Nobody brought up like paths. And I think where you're headed to makes me think that this team you're about to talk about might be the hardest championship based on path. Yeah. The 2011 Mavericks. The Mavs. That's, that's where I was going with that. Yeah. Yes. Um, to Talk about that, that path. Ruling. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about the uh, the last one being down 3-1, right, to, yes. to LeBron, to, to basically three Hall of Famers. Yeah. And, uh, and making that work uh, just by spacing and having uh, J.J. Berea, like, drive to the basket. That's really what won Dallas that 100%. championship year which is hilarious when you think about it. But that was a really, really tough one. And then I know, as always, the West was loaded that year. Let's see, they yep. had to go through the Spurs. Yep. That was, their, that was their Western Conference matchup or finals matchup. Yeah. And then... I'm looking it up right else? now. I believe, yeah. I believe it was um, before that. Hold on, let me see. But but I mean, just talking strictly, just talking strictly from those two matchups right there, you're going up against a team at, with maybe four Hall of Famers at that point, and in, yeah. in the Spurs, and then in you have to go up against the Heat, which have at least two, and if Chris Bosh, you know, Chris Bosh probably deserves to be in the, in the Hall of Fame, so you're at least three, if not yeah. others. Yeah. So okay. So in the first round, the um, the Mavs went up against the Trailblazers. I don't have a whole lot of you know information. It was four to two. The then they go up against then they go up against the Lakers. Yeah, and you still had Kobe Bryant in the semis. Yeah, and then it's the and then it's oh no, they didn't play the Spurs. That was the they played the Thunder, Thunder. with Kevin Durant and James Harden. That's right. Yeah, that was the the, the and they last destroyed year of them. that. They actually I think. destroyed them. Yeah. Yes, destroyed them, and then they played the Heat. Um. But I, I think like yeah, I just think that, that 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 round and that matchup and everything was just supremely tough. Supremely tough. It was. A couple others I thought, and maybe I'm going more towards upsets than anything else. But two thousand four Pistons over uh Shaq and Kobe's Lakers. That was tough. Oh, for sure tough. Yeah. <coughs> And then the 06 Heat, because that was the Celtics, right? Or no, no, sorry, no that played, was the Mavericks. That was the oh yes, you're right. Sorry, the Mavericks. <laughs> that was the Mavericks. Yep. Because they uh, were down. What were they down? They was were it? down 2-0. 2-0, Yep. Yep. And then Dwayne Wayne, Dwayne just went bonkers. So I, I I think I actually think LeBron maybe have had said this for a different ulterior motive <laughs> than like just saying he's won the two hardest. I think what he was probably doing is like 
all you all you Jordan lovers out there, which again I love Jordan, but like all you Jordan lovers, I have had so many tougher NBA Finals matchups than Jordan has ever had. Yes. You want to go? So He's so LeBron's been in, LeBron's been in eleven. Yeah. LeBron's been in eleven, and Jordan's been in six. Okay. If we want to look at the seventeen that they've been in together. The top set, like if you the first seven or difficulty are all LeBron's, it's yes. not close, and yes. so then after that you can start to you know go one for one. But the first seven are all LeBron's, and so he's just going, hey, I know like I don't have the number six, the six rings and whatever, but but mine have all been infinitely harder, and I have played superstar teams and super teams, and Jordan played maybe one super team, if that, and, and they were all older and on their way out, and Jordan took advantage of a lot of like the Utah Jazz who were good but not elite and all these things, and it's like I had much harder roads, and I've still won four. Yeah, not only did he have much harder roads, I think like he carried teams that had no business being in the finals. like Against tougher opponents. Correct. Like his 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 first one um, against the Spurs, his first go round in the Cavs. That Cavs team had no business. I mean, their second best players like Booby oh. Gibson. Yeah, they had no business being in the NBA Finals there. You know, zero. The Mavericks, the Mavericks one. That's the one that gets away, right? That's, that's yeah. The and and you he's know? never been shy to like talk about that one, right? He's never been shy to be like, it's not his favorite thing to talk about, but he knows that like he fell short for sure. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that one sucks. But, like, other than that, there isn't really one that you look at and you're like, oh, that's a horrific loss. Um, right. So, you know. And then Jordan, Jordan's best uh, finals opponent was 93 Suns, right, with Barkley and Kevin Johnson. That was by far the best. And that's the one where you're like, okay, they probably could have lost that one. They probably should have lost that one. Yeah. And he he carried them in six games and Barkley kind of faded. So For sure. But that's that's that was definitely the best one. No, I agree. But anyway, I mean, we both agree that, like, doesn't matter what numbers he has, he's the GOAT, and he could have won the two easiest championships, and he's still the GOAT. It doesn't matter, in my opinion. <laughs> we uh, say quite a bit, so. Yeah. All right, let's move into some some scheduling stuff, some housekeeping dates. What do we got? All right, well, preseason games are uh, starting tomorrow. Tomorrow, man. The Bulls so, play tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to see, you know, we're certainly not going to see LeBron, AD. No. You know, I wouldn't count on seeing a whole lot. Um, kind of want to see uh, some of these rookies in preseason games, and I'm interested to see KD get a couple minutes. To be honest, I would hope so. so. I'd hope that he gets to play a little bit. I was inter- obviously hoping to see Clay Thompson get some minutes, but that was a bummer. But yeah, definitely yeah. pumped to see to see KD play a little bit for sure. Right. And so then got- eleven days, yeah, yeah, eleven days after preseason, uh, we start uh, game start counting December twenty second, <laughs> right? Um. So let's let's chat really quick. I've got pulled up the Christmas Day schedule, and then I've also got pulled up um, the start of the season schedule. So opening night, I believe we have two games, which will be TNT. Um, so let's pull these up here. So okay, so opening night we have Lakers Clippers. It looks like in the late game, right. opening night. What do we think there? It'll be fun to watch, but I'm not putting any stock on anything that happens in that game. Are you? Right. Like, no. There's nothing that could. There's nothing that could happen in that game that would make me think, oh, the Clippers closed the gap, or oh, they definitely didn't close the gap, or you know, whatever that is. So it'll be fun to see 
you know, the Clippers new pieces, see how Hobaka goes, um, see what Mark Gasol really has left yeah. because he kind of, I mean, you know, I mean, right now he's a 24, 25 minute a night guy, I feel like. Right. And yeah. like, you know, the athleticism in there, he is, you know, 35. Um, but, uh, you know, number wise, he can still defend. So we'll see. And then we don't have to go into in-depth on a couple of these other ones. The other opening game is um, the Warriors and Nets. You you want to believe they had that kind of picked out before Clay goes down because you oh, wanted sure, to, yeah. like, you know, have a nice little KD reunion. Um, but that's not – I mean, that'll happen still, but the, the competition probably – depending on what KD looks like, the competition's a little, a little lopsided, but you know the Warriors are going to play hard because they're all back in a new arena, and um, so that'll be nice. Okay. That makes- but, the, but the big day – oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I'm excited and nervous to see KD. I want to see. I, and it's going to take me a while to believe that he's he's back. I'm just always going to, like, grimace when he, like, like hold my breath when he goes up for a shot. Like, I really yeah. am. I just, yeah. and I would have been the same way with Clay, too, but. Right. All right, big, big day, obviously, for the NBA. It's always Christmas Day. We don't have to necessarily go into, we'll talk, you know, the closer we get about who we think is actually going to win and point spreads and all that, but. Um, I guess we'll go. I'll, I'll give the five matchups, and you tell me the one that you're most excited about. I think we probably know, but um, so noon game, first game is Pelicans Heat, second game Warriors Bucks, third game Nets Celtics, fourth Lakers Mavs, and then to end the night will be Clippers Nuggets. I mean Lakers Mavs. That sounds fun. I want to see Luca and LeBron go at it for uh, sure. Huge Luca fan. All those games are good, man. Isn't it like, great? There's not, a, there's not a bad one out there. I love Christmas Day basketball. <laughs> Um, Portland Trailblazers being omitted is kind of a bummer. Um, they're usually a, a, a Christmas Day team, but I think they chose Zion over um, over him over them, which is unfortunate. But I get it. Um, but yeah, I want to so see I, Zion I, as much as I can. Yeah, I I get it. I love it. Um, so I love every one of these games, and I love like you said, Christmas Day NBA can't can't go wrong. So that that falls into that like first like you said first half of the regular season that goes till March fourth, and then we have an All Star break, which will not include an All Star game. But will be a longer break with no game, um, you know, in between, which is nice. And then, kind of bring us home, Joe. What's the rest of the rest of the year look like? And we'll do the second half of the season, March 11th to May 16th. Um, towards the end of that, in the last couple of days, uh, we'll have the class of 2020 Hall of Fame enshrinement. Remember, last year um, didn't really have that um, for most multitude of reasons. Yeah. So with COVID and Kobe and everything like that. So for sure. Um, then, uh, I mean, I love this uh, next one. We'll have three <laughs> days to get the play-in tournament done. I, I thought it was a, a pretty cool success coming out of the bubble. Um, yeah. You know, and as long as, and this is the caveat here, right? As long as those last few teams are entertaining and work hard, it works. But if they suck, if it's something that's <laughs> terrible, like basketball, where you're like, why are these guys even getting a shot to get blown out by, you know, the Lakers, Nuggets, or Clippers, whoever, you know, ends up being number one, which I don't think matters in the West, by the way, who's number one. Um, like, why are we doing this? And so depending on what those teams look like, that's going to be our conversation just so you know on our podcast when that comes. I'm either going to be throwing my hands up being like, what the hell? Or I'm going to be like, yeah, man, this is awesome. Like, more basketball. So. For sure, I agree. And then we got the playoffs right after that, and they'll end. 
Actually, on my birthday, July 22nd. So Right before the Olympics, too. Boom. Getting that done yeah. right before the, the Olympics. Um, so no one's anybody, playing in the Olympics this year. Yeah, they're not. They're definitely not playing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's primed and ready. Um, we're, you know, like I said, we got preseason tomorrow, and then we're we're 12 days away from the start of the season, which is just freaking awesome. It's crazy that it's happening so quick, but it's awesome. Um, we're going to take a break, and then we will be back to talk about a few teams, what we think their best and worst chance, you know, best and worst case scenario is for this year. We'll talk college basketball, and then uh, – Ended off with some college football. All right, welcome back. Um, we're gonna quickly jump into some some previews of some some pretty crappy teams, um, but nonetheless, we're gonna jump into these four teams. We're gonna, talk gonna about take the, long. <laughs> it won't. We don't have much to talk about. The best and worst case scenario predictions on um, you know where they kind of end up um, this year. So, Joe, start us off. The Atlanta Hawks, what do you think is the best case, the worst case, and then where they actually fall into play? I mean, Trey Young is going to do his thing. He's I, I look for him to get about 30 points a game. You think he break, you think he breaks the 30-point mark? I mean. I think he's definitely going to flirt with it for sure. Yeah. And then uh, I thought there'd be some trades coming in here because of all their bigs, and I'm yeah. surprised that hasn't happened yet. Uh, Collins and Capella and uh, – the end of drafting Okongwu, right? Yep. So, um, you know, best case scenario, it doesn't look good. Best case scenario, they're very entertaining. Let's say that. Best case scenario, you you have Trey Young uh, dropping a couple 50 points games, going bonkers, you know, making 10 threes, and, uh, and they top out at maybe 29, 30 games. So, Okongwu looks good, you know. I mean, you know, he's a steal of the draft, and, uh, and they trade either Collins or Capella. I think that's their best case. So. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you hit it right on the head. I think entertaining is all you can really hope for for them. Like they're in a bunch of games, they compete, and then like towards the like last five minutes of the fourth quarter, they probably give up because they're trying to get another draft pick. To be honest. And um, they got. I mean, they've got so much to improve defensively. They're atrocious yes. defensively. Oh, so so bad. like. Just to see them take a step in that right direction would be kind of nice too. Um, I don't think they will, absolutely not. But <laughs> but they could. Um, so. I assume we think the worst case scenario is probably just like what they're already at. Like if you yeah. don't imp- if you don't improve, like that's pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see no improvement. Okongwu is a bust. Um, you know, John Collins takes a step back. I don't see Trey doing much, and then they can't move Capella, and he just you know rides the bench as a seventh eighth guy. Yep, I agree. Um, and I think prediction is probably that actually. Not that Okongwu is a bust, but that like yeah. they're probably disappointed by the end of the year with how they how well, how much they didn't improve. Yes, I agree. I, that's what I would say. All right, Detroit, beautiful Hayes. city. Killing Hayes um, and D Rose, baby. Back I know, in the baby. Future. I, I yeah. love it. Um, okay, best case scenario, Joe, for for the Pistons. Um. I think Killian Hayes wins Rookie of the Year. That's probably best case scenario. Um, Derek Rose, you know, continues his little career revival and is a, a twenty point scorer around there. And uh, and they're fighting for. I think they could fight for uh, a playing game. I don't think that's out of the question. So. Yeah, uh, we want we want Derek Rose and Killian Hayes both to really succeed. Derek Rose probably hoping to like vie for Sixth Man of the Year. Um, 
And, and yeah, Killian Hayes definitely making that push for Rookie of the Year. You got Christian Wood there now. Um, you've got – or no, sorry, he left. So Sorry, no, no Christian Wood, but you've got Jeremy Grant there. Um, you know, maybe maybe Blake Griffin sticks around. Um, you know, so so there's a chance that they're entertaining. There's a chance that you have some guys, like, really compete for some awards. Um, and, yeah, I think that is your best-case scenario. Like, you're competent, you're in the play, chance for a play-in. That's all you can really ask for if you're Detroit. I think so, too. And I think, you know, if Blake Griffin is healthy and uh, Jeremiah Grant is, enjoys his newfound freedom and, and takes advantage of it, <laughs> which I still understand why he signed there. I really don't, but oh boy, you know, he wanted more touches. He's not really going to get him there. I just don't see that happening. He's not going to be like a focal point of their offense. Right. I mean, so yeah, I agree. You're not getting any disagreement from me there. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I th- and that's my prediction. I think they're right in that nine, 10 spot playing for a playing game. Um, you know, anything better than that would be a, a, a wild success. I think. Um, worst case scenario a lot, for a lot of these teams, the worst case scenario is like that you don't improve, right? Like that just you bottoming out. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely. do you bottom you're, out? You're not even, I mean, which I, I hope with all will, the money. I don't think that, this will, yeah. Which I hope with all the money they spent that like that doesn't happen. Cause that's a, that's a real bummer. I don't think this, that'll happen with the Pistons, but like to the point where they like, where, where I text you in the middle of the season and I say, this team's a joke. Yeah. You know, like which happens with the Hornets every year and you yeah. know, the, the Timberwolves. So, for sure. But. Yep, I'm with you there. I think that, like, I think they're competing for the play-in, but that's probably, like, the ceiling for sure. Yeah, New York Knickerbockers. What do you think, Matt? Oh, oh boy. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I think best-case scenario, again, is, like, that they improve and they're, like, fighting for the play-in, but I don't even know if that's a possibility. Um, again, I'm saying I'm best case. my head no, just so you guys know. I'm I understand. Like, no. I'm saying best case. I'm not saying it's what's going to happen, but like best case is that they're competing for that. That's all I've got. I honestly don't really know if I have anything more. I just, I don't. I, can they is just it be that, relevant? Like, is it that, I mean, is it maybe like if we're not even going to talk about record, is the best case scenario that like they find out that Obi Toppin was an absolute like diamond in the rough and then he's just a gamer? Yeah, that he comes out and he scores, you know, uh, over yeah. 20 points a game. He Amari Stadamires his way and. Like he's he's got a lot of stats and they're a little bit empty because they're not winning games. But like they're not they're not. I don't think they're sniffing playing play, playing games. By the way, I just I just really don't. I mean they. And I want them to be good. Like I always feel like, and it never happens ever. But New York should have good basketball. Yeah, I've just always felt like that. So. New York should have good basketball inside of an arena, not at a playground, because New yes. York playground basketball is awesome, but indoor yeah. New York basketball sucks. Right. <laughs> New York and Chicago should have yes. good basketball. I agree. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to go worst-case scenario. It's just what it is right now. So let's just hope that they that Obi Toppin's really good, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, I will say, and I, I, I do hope another best case scenario that Frankie Smokes is like is taking a big step forward because I do believe he's an elite defender. If he can get better offensively, like and you know R.J. Barrett and all these guys kind of take big steps forward, that they have a future. But right now, it's not bright. It's just not. Um, no, it's not. And I don't know what R.J. Barrett is. I mean, I, I still either. have high hopes for him, but I, I have no idea. I don't know if he's good or not. I can't and tell. And maybe that's another, like, best-case so. scenario. They find out who R.J. Barrett is. Like, like, oh, yeah, he's, got, he's actually pretty good. So, Is it? Uh, is it that, like, 
again, is it that we just find out more about young players for the the Knicks? Like we find out who's good and who's not. Like is that a best case scenario? Maybe. Like we, yeah. we figure it out. I don't know because well, I mean, but you can't even do that in New York because it's so dysfunctional. I mean, look at Tim Hardaway Jr. No one knew he was good, and then all of a sudden he's starting with for the Mavs for a playoff team. Like, yeah, and he was he was there for years, like just like going through it. So like I don't I don't know. I don't know, man. I just, I just don't know. I agree. No. Um, and then let's finish it off with Michael Jordan's team. Um, not the Bulls, but the Hornets. Um, Where did the Bulls? Yeah, right. <laughs> Best case scenario for the Hornets. I don't even have one for them either, man. <laughs> I mean, like that—that that I am wrong, and Lamelo is really, really good, and he comes in and wins Rookie of the Year, and uh, Gordon Hayward drops, you know. 25, 5, and 5, and it looks like the Gordon Hayward from Utah. Not going to happen, guys, but, you know, let's say he does. Even if those two things happen, even if those two things happen, are, are they even in a playoff game? Like, are they are they even in a play-in game? Like, even if those two things, best-case scenarios happen, like, you're like, oh, wow, listen, LaMelo, Joe's wrong, he can really ball, and Gordon Hayward. Nice pun there. Like, yeah, but – he said he can really ball. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> stop it. And then Gordon Haywood has this like revival where he's, you know, the number one option and is benefiting from, you know, passes from ball. They're still not sniffing the playoffs, right? Yeah, they're they're not. Are they um, entertaining? Oh yeah, that is that is my best case scenario, and I don't even think it's best case. They are going to be wildly entertaining. Wildly entertaining because they're going to be so bad. Wildly entertaining because sometimes that is really, sometimes you just watch a team and you're like, oh, this is entertainingly terrible. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be entertainingly terrible. Trust me, it will be terrible at times. But yeah. I think it just you have Lon, you have Lonzo, or not Lonzo, you have LaMelo, you have Rozier, you have Devontae Graham, you have Devontae Graham, you have Miles Bridges. You've got players on this team that make zero sense, but boy, could it be fun. I completely forgot about Rozier being Let's there. just say like, it's going to be wild. Right next to LaMelo, that's going to be hilarious. Yep, uh, so I can't wait. That's a league pass yep. team for me for sure. But <laughs> uh, best case scenario. what's going to happen. Yeah, best case scenario is what you said. Um, I don't know if they sniff the playoffs, but like I think again, best case scenario is like you got a lot of people that just like are waiting, are just like watching the drama and the weird team unfold. Like that's entertaining. Again, like it's yeah. it's sad that like the best case scenario for all these teams is that they're just entertaining because that's how bad oh, they are. They are. But like that is the best case scenario for these teams that they're entertaining. One hundred percent. All right, so we had some news in college basketball. Some notable things happened this past week. Um, first and foremost, you had texted me about this, and I think we might have a like somewhat somewhat of the same opinion, but also maybe different. Um, but anyway, so 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 Coach K <laughs> um, was in a press conference the other day after losing. I might might want to point out, um, and basically went off saying that like there's a lot of stuff that is going on right now that we shouldn't be having a college basketball season. Um, and I don't know if you heard today, but he they actually came out and said they're not playing any more non-conference games. Oh, okay. Yeah. The ACC did, or Duke? No, no, I just Duke. Have. Just Duke. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, all that to be said, Coach K basically was like, hey, we shouldn't be having a season. I think it's irresponsible, and we should, like, push it back or postpone it and whatever. Joe, what are your thoughts? First of all, I want to ask you a question. You don't have to answer it right now or whatever, but I, I've always liked Coach K. I really have. Um, 
I said, hey, shout out to Coach K for like doing this, for saying this, um, because I really feel that outside of a bubble right now, sports is just a hot mess. I mean, especially with college athletes right now who aren't getting paid. Um, so like now you questioned the authenticity of this. And I'm not saying you're wrong, and I think you're right to question it, just because, well, if he was winning games and had the number one team in the country and all this stuff, would he be saying this? Or is it because, like, Duke's just not very good this year? So the answer to that question is a resounding 100% no way he's saying this if if they're the best team in the country. However, I will give that with a caveat of, he was a big voice for Black Lives Matter for his squad. He was a big voice for just like the pandemic and being safe and wearing a mask and everything in general already. So I'm not saying that his stance of that like this is a serious pandemic, we need to be safe, we need to do all these things is he's not being disingenuous in that. But like we come on. Like we all know that this came after a loss to a team he shouldn't have lost to non-conference. And if this was like, if you would have blown this team out by 30, do you think the conversation of we shouldn't be playing basketball because of a pandemic comes up? One, the question probably doesn't even come up and he doesn't even have to worry about answering it. And two, he definitely doesn't say that we should stop playing basketball. So he, two things can be true at the same time. He can be a really smart and like scientific and heartfelt guy, but he can also not have the same thought process if they're winning. I think those two can also be true at the same time. Yeah, I agree. So, so are, should we have a season? Um, I'm I'm very much like just ambivalent. I, I don't really care. Uh, I'm not okay. like against him, but I'm not necessarily like standing on the table pounding my chest for him. Um, gotcha. I know he's cheating in some way because everybody is. He just hasn't gotten caught, um, which means he's just like really good at it, which is fine. Um, but like everybody in college basketball is cheating. They're just some guys are really it's good hard. at not getting. It's, yeah, it's, NCAA and it's awful. Um, yeah. So he's just really good at not getting caught, which I guess is like kudos to you, man. Like you're you're good, um, but at the same time, I'm not saying he does any. I like I don't think he's a horrible human. I don't think he's a bad guy. He hasn't done anything that right. makes me think he's a bad guy. So um, I think he's just. A, I think he's a phenomenal coach. That's all I've got to say. You know, and sometimes years, and sometimes when you're a phenomenal coach and you're used to being a phenomenal coach and your team's not nearly as good as you're supposed to supposed to be, you sometimes have a little bit of an outburst and maybe that came at the feet of the pandemic and you know, whatever. So, there you go. He's had a rough couple of years, man. He has, he really has. Injuries. And I, injuries. And I think, um, I think he's really struggling with like trying to find that, like, happy medium of one and done guys, but also guys that want to win a title. That's got to be really hard to, to do. I mean, to coach K or coach K coach Cal has basically accepted the fact. Yeah. Coach Cal has basically accepted the fact that like, he knows that his teams are going to be really bad to start the year, but like they're going to grow so much by the end of the year and they're going to want to start competing for a title that like he's okay with them losing these games early. I don't know yeah. if Coach K is a, has accepted that yet. Like Coach K has a really tough time of like seeing his team suck. Um, whereas like Coach Cal, Calipari knows it's going to be a rough go for the it's first be a lot of games. Yeah. yeah, and he knows so, he's only going to get them one year or two. And one, I mean, he, get, he knows. So. Where, like, I think Coach yeah. K also is a little old school where he's, like, again, struggling with the fact that he wants to keep guys around longer, but he knows that, that he won't. Right. All right, next. Um, Big Ten team. 
looking like a national title contender, and we don't get those very often. So, um, what what do you think of Iowa and legit, or whether they're legit and uh, Luca over there? So, yes, they're legit. There's no doubt about it. They're they're absolutely legit because yeah. they're in college basketball. Luca Garza is not an NBA player. No, I stand by it. He's a I, wonderful college player. Phenomenal college player. A hundred percent. No question. But he is a college basketball player, and, and the run stops there. And if you draft this guy in the lottery or first round or whatever the hell you're going to do, buckle up because this is bad. It's bad. I mean, who'd they play the other day? And I texted you about it. Um, they ended up winning, and they won big. But he, um, went, yeah, I'll six pull it for, he went six for 20. Against what you would assume, I remember as a team with athletic bigs, six for twenty, still <laughs> had fourteen rebounds, um, but uh, but he's not going to be able to create his own shot and do the things that he wants to do in the NBA. Like that's just not going to happen. Were you talking about their win? Were off. you talking about their win over North Carolina or Western Illinois? North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I will say they've got some tough games. They've got to play Gonzaga in eleven days, um, and I could see them. Really having a great game, but I could also see Garza being really str- like struggling a lot with Gonzaga's bigs. Again, now, because Gonzaga well, just has a ton of great bigs. Question for you here: Last week you said Gonzaga was number one in the country with yeah. a lot of, or with very few data points, like just throughout college yeah. basketball. Okay, so they still have only played three games. They have not played since our last podcast. I don't think. Um, are they still number one in your book? Yeah, no question. They are, and I don't want to say they're heads and shoulders above the other other teams because, like, again, the data points aren't there. But like, they did Eyeball something. Test. Yeah, they did something that like they don't normally do, and they scheduled. Let me read you. Let me read you their schedule so far. Like that they've played. This is not what they had scheduled because they had other good games scheduled. What they've played. They've played Kansas, who at the, who is the fifth team in the country. They played Great. Auburn, who we knew wasn't going to be good, but like they were ranked at the time. West Virginia, who's now ranked 11th, and then they go and play Iowa in, in a week and a half. Yeah. So they're playing who's number three. They've played a 5-11-3, and, and now that's going to be it because their conference is crap, which is always going to hold them back. Yes. Um, now, ask me in March if I think Gonzaga is going to win the championship. That's always tough. Because they just screw up in the in the tournament because their conference is so bad, but because they scheduled all these tough opponents to begin with, I think that helps. Interesting. Um, now the so, other team, the other team in the Big Ten that I think is also hella legit is Illinois. Yes. So legit, and that may be the team that ends up being the national championship mm-hmm. contender when it's all said and done in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Because they've got NBA players and, and NBA bodies all over that court. Oh yeah. Um, what's it? I think it's. Um, I I think his name technically isn't something with cock in it, but like it's something cat or it's like cook or something. But like everybody calls him cock. Um, right. But yeah, that dude is a that dude's a monster. Um, so they're gonna be good, but it, no question in my mind right now, it's Gonzaga. Um, I'm going to throw you another team. I think I said this before, but I'm going to throw you another team to watch just as the, the season picks up. Texas. Texas is really good. Legit good. 
solid. They've won a bunch of, I think they're undefeated still, or they maybe only have one loss, but they've won a bunch of tough games and like competitive games. Shaka Smart's got them playing. It's been a while, like since they've been good, but, but they're back. Texas is back in basketball and um, just watch for them. They're, they're good. You know why? It's the hair. The, the afro man it's awesome yeah why was he is. ever bald that's my only question it's awesome <laughs> it's pretty sweet um now, go back to gonzaga though if yeah they, go for it if, if they beat iowa are we looking at an undefeated regular season then because their conference is so bad are um, they going into the tournament without a loss your your only chances for losses there are um which they always are are saint mary's and then byu St. Mary's yeah. is not very good this year. BYU is will always play them tough, but I think the answer is yes. If they beat yeah. Iowa, it's going to be really tough for them to lose games. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Unless like COVID just ravages their team, which they'll probably just cancel the game anyway. So, um, yeah, I think they're going undefeated if they beat Iowa. Yes. Uh, every year around this time, we have the ACC Big Ten Challenge, Matt. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, Big Ten looking pretty good in it. Yeah, they had a couple games canceled that might have swung the like overall tally, but the Big Ten ended up with six wins and ACC with five, so they ended up did they ended up you know winning the challenge if you will. But like Virginia played Michigan State, that would have been tough, and there were a couple ones that got canceled. But the Big Ten's handling themselves well, man. You've got Iowa, you've got Wisconsin, Ohio State, Illinois, even at times um, Rutgers is ranked. So you've got an Indiana always. You know, I know they lost last night, but they usually show up in big games too. So. There's teams all over the place that are going to be competitive, so I think that's helping them. And the ACC is a little down. Um, So, yes, it was fun to watch the Big Ten finally beat the ACC in this challenge. Um, But we'll see what happens come tournament time because that's when the numbers and all that stuff really matters. Big Ten always always gets a lot of teams in the tournament, but then very, very few times do they get very far. They're going to probably get 10, 11, 12 in the tournament this year, and yeah. they'll probably only end up with like one or two contenders, which is a bummer. Yeah, but if you get one or two in the Elite Eight, I mean, that's not too terrible. That, yeah, if you can get them in the Elite Eight, that's great, for sure. So, All right, enough about basketball. Let's uh, let's finish it off with some, some college football, baby. So, um, some news. The Ohio State-Michigan um, game is no longer. Um, which is unfortunate. First time since when, Joe? Uh, let's see. It would have been 1918. They played every year since 1918. They did not play in 1917. Yeah. So you're talking 101 years in a row they have played. And this year, uh, it is not. They played through World War II. They played through Vietnam, Korea, all that stuff. Uh, you know, depressions, uh, recession. Couldn't hold a match. To COVID. <laughs> Couldn't hold a match to Couldn't COVID. Couldn't hold a match to COVID. Game's not getting um, rescheduled. It's just yep, done. Big it's, bummer. Bam. Not there. Um, so, we, so, there was, so there was some worry, right, with that. Because Ohio State's sitting at 5-0. and oh, they have, They've played five games. And yeah. they were really hoping to get that sixth game with Michigan and get go to 6-0. And, oh. and score and 100 that, on them. Yeah, right. Drop 100 and hit that threshold of six games to be able to make the Big Ten title. And then that game gets dropped off, obviously, and then a few others have dropped off on the Big Ten schedule as well. And so then they were sitting at 5-0 and and a chance to not even be able to play in their title game. Um, and then something interesting happened this week, um, which is not a shock. And it should Well, the Big Ten's all about money. Yes. 
college football is all about money. Yes. And right now, especially right now, you need to try to find ways to make as much money as possible. So there was no way, especially since they had already beaten Indiana, that they were going to allow uh, a rule that was made up this year because of COVID to keep Ohio State out of the Big Ten championship game. Right. Which, which, by the way, was an arbitrary rule that was, like you said, made up, and the number was just pulled out of thin air, and everybody was bitching about the the number and the rule, and like, oh, well, they should have kept the rule. The rule's made up. It's not real. Yeah. So why are we mad about changing a rule that's made up? The Big and Ten is Michigan. And Ohio State could have lost and still made the title game, so it didn't matter. That game didn't matter in terms of like standings. The Big Ten has done absolutely everything they possibly could to just like crap this season away. Like it yes. has been terrible. Uh, head down to individual teams, yep. um, to, to the presence of the universities, to the commissioner, every decision they have made has been wrong except for probably this one. Right. I mean, am I, is that too, is it, am I, am I being too dramatic about this? Like, no, no, no. I think so. Here's I'm not going to defend them, but here's what they did do, which like I guess you can say you you righted some wrongs here if you're the Big Ten. So yeah. they come out and they say we're not playing, we're not even negotiating, we're not even thinking about it, nothing. They change that. Good for you. Then they're like, oh, the 21 day rule. No, nah, we can change that because the CDC said now 10 you know 10 days or whatever is fine. So they finally changed that, which was r- ridiculous in itself. Absolutely absurd. And then they decided to finally change the six-game rule. So they made changes, but only because they got so much pushback that it was like, oh, yeah, maybe these are ridiculous. So I'm not going to give them any credit. Like, good for you for changing the rule, but, like, everything that you had to change was already ridiculous to begin with. So should never been in place like that. Yeah. Right. So, like, you are not being dramatic. You are spot on. And, like, again— Indiana, if let's so let's say they don't change the rule. Indiana would have been the team to then make the Big Ten title game. However, Indiana had to shut down because of COVID. So the next team that fit the six game threshold was two and four Michigan State. Yeah. Because Wisconsin didn't hit it. Are you gonna tell me that you're gonna let two and four <laughs> Michigan State play against Northwestern in a Big Ten title game on on in Indianapolis at noon prime time? Fuck no. So of course they changed that rule because they're not yeah. idiots. It had to change. So thank you for doing the very sensible and logical thing, which was letting your cash cow play in the play in the Big Ten title game. Yeah. And it's just like, I, you know, I mean, and I said something, and we'll just touch on this real quick. Uh, I had this in the early, so I said, do you, do you feel like if Ohio State goes on and win, they win the Big Ten, fine, they win the Big Ten. Like that's, that's. Which by the way, let's, let's start there. What what's the spread for that game if you had to guess? I think it's out, but if you had to guess, what what would you make it? Twenty seven. <laughs> okay, which is crazy because Michigan was a thirty point underdog to Ohio State. I know. By the way, um, yeah. okay, let me pull this up and see what uh see what they're making it. I'm guessing twenty seven. Um, you think in twenty seven? They may not have put yeah. it out yet, but I'm sure. Actually, that would shock me if they actually didn't. What do you think it is? What do you think it's going to be? Um, I would say 21. That was where I would 21? start. Okay. Yeah, I just think that like they're probably going to overvalue Northwestern. Yeah. Um, but I oh, said well, you. I was close. 20 and a half. 20 and a oh, half. Oh, okay. All right. So maybe okay. I just, you know. No, I mean, you're, they may end up winning by 45. Approach. So like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but. Right. So 
and I, I texted you this because I was thinking about it, and it just doesn't seem like I don't want to say them winning the Big Ten, great. It's going to happen. It happened in a regular season. Like, the Ohio State just wins the Big Ten, especially this year. There isn't anybody that's going to stop them. There was no trip-up game, especially this year, that was going to happen. There was nothing on their schedule, even originally, that gave you much pause, right? So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if, and I'm not saying they will, but if they go into the playoffs and they win the national title, I'm not someone who does asterisks for any title because getting one is super, super hard. Yep. But as an Ohio State fan, to me, this one would feel kind of like, eh, like a little less than. And the reason that I say that is because we didn't go through an entire full season. We'll end up at the most playing eight games. And like, and Ohio State was just, and this is probably it more than anything else. Ohio State was better last year. Ohio State was a better, more complete team last year and didn't win it. So that's the one for me that is always going to get – that's the one for me that is the one that got away. And winning this title this year as an Ohio State fan, I don't know that that would make up for it. I wouldn't – I mean, I don't know because they haven't done it yet, but if they somehow did – again, don't think they will, but if they somehow did, I wouldn't think that it, it was the same. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong because they're definitely not the same. I mean, there there's no way around it. Uh, last year was by far the most talented team that they've had. And, like, yeah, they didn't win, and that's a bummer. Um, they should have won. They they shot themselves in the foot a lot, and then the referees decided to shoot them in the face a lot. Um, but the the bottom line is – so the, the first there's a question. And the question is, was there any chance anybody in the Big Ten was beating Ohio State this year? Absolutely not. Okay, so whether there's 10 games or 6 games, we both agree that in a 10-game Big Ten season that they're winning regardless. Even if it's 9-1 and one and whatever, but there's no there's no change there. Yes, I, would, I will say this, and I've just always said it, and I said it with, or actually it's, it's something that I heard Jack Nicholas say about Tiger Woods probably about 10, 15 years ago. And it was, yeah, he's on pace to do it. Yeah, he's you know going to break my major record. Yeah, it's going to happen, he said but he still actually has to go out and do it. For sure. And I'm so, not there's no discounting that at all. I'm just saying like we're we the data's not necessarily there. The the evidence is not necessarily there that this is an elite football team, but they're but they are one of the top 4 teams regardless of whatever data point you look at. They may not be in the same class as Alabama or hell even Notre Dame or Clemson. I mean, I think they are, but like you could say you don't have the data to support that yet, right? Because they've only sure. played five games. So if you want to say, hey, we don't have the evidence, I guess I can't really argue there because you're right. We don't have the numbers. But like this team, I think, so yes, you are right that like if they win somehow this year, which I don't know if they're going to, I don't think they will, but if they do, there's no comparing. Like last year's team was better in every, I think every asset facet yeah. of the, the, the game you know, and they just they just blew it against um, Clemson. Yeah. And then whether they would have beat LSU or not is another question. I think that's a phenomenal game. I think that's a game for the ages. So I don't know. Again, we I can agree. say it. We just don't know because you have to actually do it. But the fact that like there's a pandemic and they could have had eight games and they only had six, so there was a potential to have eight. They didn't. You know, there was a potential to have 
um, you know, maybe nine if you include the the Big Ten title game. So there was a chance that they could have had nine. They canceled one themselves. Two got canceled on them. So we're down to now maybe six. Well, sorry, hopefully six if everything goes as planned. Um, so, yes, it'll feel different. It will probably feel less than just because you only have six games. But, like, try to tell those players that. They won't give a damn. I no, mean, like no, absolutely. And if I'm so, on the team, like, I'm a super, you know, obviously you are happy. You won a title and you should take pride in that. Especially I'm when so you're beating speaking. teams, especially if you end up beating teams that won 10, 11, 12 games, you're like, yeah, yeah. But so I'm going to ask a question that may be forward thinking and it may be dumb, but like, let's roll with it. If Ohio State somehow pulls this off and they win six games and win a seventh in the semifinals and an eighth with other teams playing 14, maybe 13 games. Ain't no chance, baby. Does this, does this basically kind of say like, not that games don't matter because they clearly do, but does this say that like, maybe you don't need non-conference games and you can just play conference games? Like, does this do away with the idea of like playing the, the Citadel and your whatever? I know we're talking money because the, the, these teams need the money to play those like first three, four games. But like, does this kind of open up an avenue for maybe being like, Hey, let's just play our conference and then space it out, and maybe give these college athletes like a little less of a grind from from September to to January. Maybe. Um, what I'm thinking is that like, if this were the case and they go on and win, do you think of conferences, especially the top five, not mattering at all? Like. We're we're seeing obviously Division One, whatever you want to call it, uh, FBS. Yeah, uh, football is an entirely different animal than anything else. Like for sure, when it, when it comes to college athletics, right? So like, I mean, to the point where they where you have uh, you have the group of five, and then you have your top five conferences. So like, do we further separate that out? I mean, like, is there a reason? And I know it's in the contract, and I know it. You know, it's there right now. Is there a reason that Ohio State has has to play Rutgers and Maryland and these really bad teams every year? You know what I mean? Wouldn't you rather see uh, almost a complete and utter conference realignment that just has like the best of the best in two or three conferences? I don't. I don't know. So, yeah, I, I think, think that's going to happen anytime soon. That's what I'm saying. But like. You know, these games, forget even the non-conference games. I mean, you want to see Alabama beat Vanderbilt and, you know, I mean, you, you, you want to see that? Yeah, I've been on the bandwagon of forming four mega conferences and just letting them duke it out to get those four playoff spots. I've been on that train. I, yeah. I'm, I'm all about it, but, like, that'd be so tough. And I know, like, TV contracts and everything is going to be a bitch to figure out. But let me throw you this. Everybody started at the beginning of this playoff era saying like, oh, the playoff is great because it gives like these like lesser group of five teams a shot to get in the playoffs. Dude, quit fucking lying. This was always this was always a big brand, big conference get. And I think the group of five should be able to do their own tournament. 
I think yes. they should be able to do their own playoff and be able to ch- compete for that. And think of how many guys that might be like fringe big conference players that would then go to the group of five because they can now compete for their own national title. That would be dope to me. So I'm all about letting the group of five break off and do their own thing and have their own playoff because there's no fucking way they're making it in. Hell, they're going to talk about a two-loss Florida getting in over Cincinnati than they are about Cincinnati. So why would we even bother if I'm one of these group of five teams with like with that angst and that like disappointment? Go play my own title. Screw that. I, I agree 100%. And then, like, I mean... Because Cincinnati is better than all the Big Ten teams this year outside of Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, no uh, joke, right? Uh, I think Indiana would give them a game. I think Indiana is actually really good. I know a lot of people don't. Yeah, I think good. they are. But yeah, you but but you're right. You're right, right. Like outside of that, it, it's trash. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's just it's it is. It's all about money, you know. And little teams like BYU who are campaigning to get into the playoff every, you know, when they have the undefeated season, they're like, oh, we'll play anybody, anywhere. Then you go and get the, you go and get beat by Coastal Carolina, and you're like, oh, well, it was a tough game. We had to schedule it late, like, blah. No, miss me with that. You guys want to make the playoff? Then you got to show up and win games when they're huge. That was your one big game this year, and you didn't show up, and now you look right. like a fool. So if you don't want to be that, like, pound-your-chest guy and then end up losing a big game – Go play your little – I say little. That's not right. Go play your group of five playing and have a chance to really win a title there against comparable quality talent because there is, a, there is a talent gap. Like let's make sure we're very clear on this. There is a talent gap. I would not absolutely necessarily with Cincinnati. Not necessarily with Cincinnati because I think Cincinnati is on the up and up. But there is talent gap between most group of five teams and even middle of the road high conference teams or like big conference teams. So let's make sure we're comparing talent and putting comparable talent on the field when we do this. I know UCF wanted to be a national champion at one point, and they really did win some big games. But like, come on now, UCF is not hanging with the big boys of these big conferences. They're not built that way. But they, but can, they, win can. One, they can win one-offs. But Yeah, for you know, sure. But, it, but if they were going through a grueling SEC Big Ten Correct. You know, season, then you're so going let to see them, there. So let them play that group of five where they're going against comparable talent all the time and then in the playoff doing the same thing. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. And if Makes the sense. committee would just stop lying to everybody every week and every year, I would also be super pumped for that. Quit lying to people. It's a it's a it's a popularity contest and it's a and it's a money grab. And I'm okay with it because that's all that college sports is. But just be yeah. honest with me. Just tell me what it is. Because it's not resume, it's not data points. Because if it was, Ohio State wouldn't be in there. Because they don't have the data points, they don't have the resume. But we know they make it up as they go, man. Yes, and we know that the best four teams are who they have in there, and that's what it's going to end up being, regardless. Yeah. Anyway, Harbaugh, talk about him. Yeah, this I just wanted to throw in here. So, uh, so Harbaugh and uh, Michigan not doing so hot uh, came in to Michigan as the. Uh, as their savior, basically, right after the rich, yeah, Brady Hoke errors and uh, and just didn't. Um, I mean, he's won. He has he's gotten ten wins three seasons. He's you know gotten nine. The other two, I believe, he might have had one eight win season. This is a sixth year, and uh, you know the wheels are falling off of his wagon though, real quick. So um, <clears throat> I spent some time living in Michigan. And I have a lot of friends who are uh, Michigan fan friends, and they're ready to move on. And uh, and a lot of people are, you know, wonder, well, who do we get? Who do we get? 
that's not the concern right now. The concern is, is this who you want to be? Do you want to be losing, you know, every, every year to Ohio state? Do you want to be, you know, as a foregone conclusion? So, so anyways, it looks like what Michigan is trying to do is they're trying to make it so Harbaugh leaves. So they're trying to do his contract, right? And uh, they're giving him less salary. They're making an incentive lane. He's get, they're giving him more money for assistance, but his overall salary is going to be lower on this. And uh, and if you're Jim Harbaugh, I think you're saying, I'm Jim Harbaugh. I've got NFL offers, at least from what we hear, six, right? Teams that have called and had interest. Don't know if any of those are head coaches' positions, by the way. Doubt it. But there's, you know. So, I don't know. I don't think Harbaugh signs this new contract. What do you think? I think he's done. So can we like agree that this is probably this is this is essentially Michigan saying we're not gonna ever fire you. We're, we're not gonna, gonna ever fire you. We're yeah. gonna make this so that you leave on that it's amicable and you leave on your own terms, right? Like can we disagree yeah, on they're that? Sa- they're saving face, right? Yes. I mean you don't when on earth has anybody has any team in major college football retained a coach but said, Hey, you're gonna need to take a pay cut here. <laughs> Like, does that happen? Uh, no, probably not. I honestly, no, I, why would, why would you do that? Like, why would you do that as a coach? Why would you do that? Why, why would you do correct. that as a school? Because you're not showing any faith in what that person is doing then, right? So quickly, let's go through his record. 2015, 10 and 3. 2016, 10 and 3. By the way, I want to point out those are probably not his recruits. Just saying. Those are Brady Hokes, yeah. Yep. So 8 and 5 is the first year he had his own recruits. Like fully freshman brought in all that sure. stuff. 2018, great. 10 and 3, good year. 8 and 1 in the Big Ten. That was the year that um, he tied for first. Um, Yeah, I don't don't know. It just says, so they were tied for first in the East um, in Uh 2018. That would have been, 2018, that would have been Michigan State, maybe? No. (laughs) No, was that the year? Like, what, what was the year that Ohio State had? Oh, that was 2017. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but anyway, so 2018. Their one were, loss in that 20, yeah. their one Big Ten loss in 2018 was to Ohio State. Let's just be clear about that. So because he doesn't. Beat oh Ohio shoot! State. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why I forgot, <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, so and then 2019, obviously nine and four, not a great year, and then this year, not great. Also, like to point out, he's one and four in bowl games. So like, you can say, oh, that's because like they're giving up and they don't want to play and whatever, or you can just say like, oh, when he's against comparable competition. Yes. He struggles. He sucks. And that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, this is a contract that is absolutely a slap in the face if you're Jim Harbaugh. Um, it's absolutely a contract that you don't take and you just keep you keep going back and forth and you just keep trying to get the money back to where you think, okay, it's serviceable. But right now with what we've heard, there's no way I'm taking that. And there's no way I'm, I'm letting the university mm. do what they're doing, which is basically force me out on my own. Um, which, or sorry, save face so that they don't have to pay me. And I'm going to force myself out on my own. And I'm just going to say, no, but if you don't, if you think that like, mm. you can, if you're him, you can say, I've gone 49 and 22. I've gone 34 and 16. We're competing against, you know, I have to go against Ohio State every year, which is a much better program. Um, you know, I've won 10, 10, 10, 8, and 9 games. I haven't had a losing record until a COVID year. He, he can honestly defend himself to a, a, a point where it's like, I deserve more than what you're giving me. 
what do you judge Michigan on? That's what it comes down to, right? Like you just threw, you know, his numbers out there, three 10 win seasons in five years. Sounds pretty good. But, you know, are you okay with being one and four in bowl games? Are you okay with 0 and 6 at Ohio State? Are you okay sharing a uh, 500 record against Michigan State, who you historically recruit better than and are better than? I mean, Michigan fans have a reason to be upset, right? I mean, they, about that. They, they have a reason to be upset if they take the expectation of we're Ohio State. They don't have a well. The Michigan State thing—that's that's inexcusable. I agree. Like that's upsetting. But if but if the AD and the fan base and the the um, mostly just the AD and the fan base because the coach is never going to think that he's average. But if the AD and the fan base are actually honest with themselves and say, "Hey, right now we're definitely not Ohio State." So the fact that we can win ten games and one of those losses in that year is to Ohio State, and hopefully another one is only to like Penn State or hopefully no, or Wisconsin, because sometimes it is. It's it's not the way that Michigan wants to be, but they're not on the same level as as Ohio State. So like yeah. you can't. I think the zero and six record is a bummer. You'd hope to have one out of those last six. But that's like, what I'm saying though. Like if he if he. If he was two and four, if he was one and five, is he on his way out? Like if he's beaten them, if he's beaten them once, if you can, you're not going to get to Ohio State's level. There's only two other programs that are at Ohio State's level, Correct. right? Yep. But if you can knock them off once every four years, you know what I mean? Make it a good game, you know, win that double overtime. Like, aren't you happy? I don't know. So it makes a big difference, I think. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I uh, I think the OSU record is damning, and that's the biggest kind of push for for where we're at. But like, let's Michigan fans have to temper expectations here. Like, look at this; they've had three ten win seasons, a nine win season, and yeah, they had the rough eight, the eight and five. But they've had three ten win seasons, and that might be a lot more than Brady Hoke ever had in in his tenure. So like, like let's temper them. Let's make sure we're not comparing ourselves to Ohio State. And if that means that you fire the guy or that you that you force him out, like then you have to live with that. And the grass ain't always greener on the other side. Like I'm not saying Jim Harbaugh is elite, and I'm not saying he's the guy for you. But like you may find out that three ten win seasons and a nine win season may be the best that you've got, and you may be dealing with this for the rest of you know a long while. So, I mean, it's been the best they've gotten for the last twenty five years. So like maybe it's worth it. dealing with a weird egotistical head coach for the time being. I don't know. Weird, I understand man. the frustration because because Ohio State fans are going to give you shit, but like take that out of it and temper your expectations. You're not that you're not horrible. I, this year I, is bad. Yeah. This year's bad. But year's bad. but you have not been just like atrocious for the most part other than when you're playing Ohio State. Let's be real. I mean, you got to you got to get rid of Don Brown. Like even yeah, if they've, they've get rid they of definitely Brown. have things they've got. And you to gotta do. find a fucking quarterback. Seriously, like, the, it's it's unbelievable. It's laughable. Yeah. Ohio State used to be like uh, like uh, linebacker U and DBU, and like they were solely focused on defense. And they'd get a really they'd get an athletic quarterback here and there, but like Ohio State now is like quarterback U. And Michigan was supposed. Jim Harbaugh was supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. So the fact that you can't even get one in your own, like in your own conference, when you're supposed to be the man, and Ohio State, your rival, is continually boat racing you, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's it. Well, next weekend we have a Big Ten title game to watch finally, um, and Michigan will be sitting at home, and that's all that matters. 
So we'll have some preseason games in there about. Yes, we'll be able to talk some NBA. We'll have some more details and some stuff for you, and then we'll be damn near the NBA starting up regular season. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, man. See you next week. You've been searching for the only one who knows what you're fighting for. I got what you want. I got what you need. I got what you need. I got what you need. I got it.